0: Good morning, class. Good morning, brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And it is God's will, regardless of what you're dealing with today, to overcome, to win. Uh, never is it God's will for you to fail and for you to be defeated, discouraged, and destroyed. Uh, but it's not just all up to God. We have a part to play. And one of the biggest parts uh, that we're responsible for is faith. Uh, First John says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is not, uh, there's much to be learned about it, obviously, but it's not this abstract Unknowable thing. It works so much like your body and the muscles of your body. You got to have nourishment and you got to exercise for your body to be healthy and strong. Well, your faith must be fed. Not just anything, but uh, anointed words of God feed your faith in God. And then when your faith is fed and faith comes, it must be released. It's released through words and through actions. And so, uh, <clears throat> you won't, we'll exercise faith from time to time in the class too, but a lot of what's happening in the class is you're getting fed. Your faith's getting fed on something, then you release it throughout your life. You, the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, something comes up and where maybe in times past, you wouldn't have been bold to act, yet because your faith has been fed, now you'll be bold and you'll act on it and you'll say something and you'll do something and that will allow the power of God to manifest. Mm -hmm. And instead of being defeated, you'll be victorious. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the class. Let's pray and release faith for today. Father, thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity to come together like this. And uh, we say the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Your word is our perfect uh, standard and our final answer for everything. And so we respect it. We ask for it. Enable us to see what you'd have us to see today in Jesus name, amen. Amen. Look with me if you would in Matthew eight again, Uh, we've been for some weeks now on a series we're calling Faith for Healing. And the way we're feeding our faith for healing is by looking at the account, individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus. We're told scores of thousands of people were healed in his ministry in those three and a half years of ministry, but only about 20 individual cases are recorded where we're told who they were, what happened with them. And so we began a few weeks ago uh, taking these one by one. We looked at the first one, the healing of the leper. And you'll see a a central truth that's emphasized in each one of these, uh, which is why you need to look at all of them. And in that first one, uh, right off the bat, the leper said, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. And immediately Jesus said, I will be clean. Should we accept the Lord's word for ourselves? I will. <laughs> right? We should. And we've gone on now to the second one here, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. And I think you can already see an emphasis here. There's so much to learn from every one of them. But the thing that stands out to me about this one, he rebuked the fever. <laughs> can you see that? That's, that just, boy, that stands off the page to me. And so um, if, if you might say, well, wh- what do you mean? If this is your first time joining us today, we've already covered quite a bit on this. Go back to the previous weeks uh, online. It won't cost you anything and get caught up with us. But let's read again in Matthew 8, Mark 1, Luke 4, the healing of Peter's wife's mother. In Matthew 8 and 14, it says, When Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with his word. How did he do it, class? With With his words his word, and, and he healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Like we said, uh, Jesus, as some have implied or said, that he, he, he healed to prove his deity, that he's the son of God. Well, you could have done a couple of spectacular cases to demonstrate that, it wouldn't have been necessary to heal everybody that came, thousands and thousands. Here we're told it wasn't just to prove His deity. It was in fulfillment of prophecy that said He took our infirmities, He bore our sicknesses, and He was headed straight to the whipping post and to the cross to do that. And we were seeing, this is an interesting thing, somebody said, so well, how were these people healed? Uh, and he hadn't done that yet. Well, actually, everybody that was healed by the power of God before the cross were healed by the mercy of God based on what Jesus would do. Amen. <laughs> Can you see that? Because even you'll see that, uh, like the leper, for instance, that uh, uh, if a leper was healed, there was a ceremony they went through. We saw this previously in the healing of the leper, And they were to bring uh, two birds alive and clean. Uh, If you were in class, you remembered that uh, the the cedar wood, the scarlet, the hyssop. What's all that about? It's uh, physical representations of the cross (laughs) and the blood and and the substitutionary sacrifice. That was a long time before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? And yet what's it doing? It's pointing to the cross. Everything. Everything. He's pointing to the cross. There are no miracles and benefits for us believers apart from the work of the cross. All the blessings of God are available because of him, in him, and through him. And if it's through the cross, it's for everybody, right? Which is why everybody got healed that came. Say it out loud, he took, he took my infirmities, He bore my sicknesses, He, my sicknesses. he, carried, my pains, he carried my pain, and by His stripes, by His stripes I, am I am healed. Oh, hallelujah. It'd do you good to say that again and again and again, today, tomorrow, the next. In Mark, the first chapter, Mark 1 and verse 29, forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue... They entered into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand, and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And that even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with demons, and all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of different diseases and cast out many demons and suffered not the demons to speak because they knew him or recognized him. Luke 4, Luke's account, and we've been starting at verse uh, 38, but for today's purposes, I want to back up a little bit, get a little more uh, context, back up to verse uh, 31, Now the healing of Peter's mother-in-law starts there. the account in verse 38. So all this flows together because it says, you know, uh, verse 38, he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Well, back here in verse 31, that tells you what happened at the synagogue (laughs) before they got to uh, Peter's house. So verse 31, he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, taught them on the Sabbath days, and they were astonished at his doctrine, or his teaching, for his word was with power," or that's the word for authority. His word was with authority. And if you look at this in Mark's account and others, it says, he didn't speak like the scribes did, like they were used to hearing. His teaching was different. than what they were used to hearing. And and it tells you specifically what the difference was. They are teaching what they learned in university. (laughs) They are quoting other people. huh? And anytime you do that, you wind up with, Dr. So-and-so presents this position. But other doctor so-and-so presents a different vein of thought. And we can see some merits in doctor so-and-so's position, but we can also see merits in other doctor so-and-so's position. And there's also a third doctor Mm so-and-so that there are elements that you could and should consider. That's not how Jesus taught. (laughs) How did he teach? This... Is the way it is. Amen. Amen. Oh, and the people went, "Whoa, Whoa. no more doctor so and so. This is just how it is." We have a good example of this, you know, when Jesus, uh, uh, he in the synagogue, it said he he took from the uh, prophet Isaiah, and he read it, and he said, "The spirit of the Lord is on me." Because he's anointed me. And he read through the passage. And then he, he closed the book and he said, Today, this is fulfilled. Amen. Right here and right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no going on and on about how it used to be. And, and one of these days, something great is going to happen. No, right here, right now, God's word is fulfilled and coming to pass. The anointing is here to heal you, to deliver you. The power of God is here to set you free. You can be forgiven. You can be cleansed. You can be healed. You can be delivered right here, right now with authority. Amen. Can you see that? Yes. Well, is he our example? Or should we revert to the unsure deliberations of the scribes that were referred to here? Now, now, we're laughing, but that's what, that's what a lot of people have done. That's what a lot of the church has done, gone back to deliberations. And No, we should do what we do with the authority of the Word. Can you say, when the Word says it, you don't say, it could be like that. it might be like that. Uh, you say, it is. Amen right? Yes. If, if the Word says it, that's how it is. Yes. If He said, if you do this, this will happen, then if you do this, this will happen. Yes. But what if it don't? No, it will. Yes. <laughs> what if it didn't? Then you didn't do that. Yes. Right? I mean, because there, there's no ambiguity here. Yes. That's right. And that's not how a lot of folks teach and preach. There's always this, well, you just never know. And it could be. And, and there's this blanket thing of it might not be God's will, or if it's God's will, well, if he told you it was his will, then it's his will. Right. Stop questioning it. If he said, if you do this, this will happen, then don't throw in, well, if it's his will. He said it. Right. So it's his will. Amen. Right? Yeah. See, there's, there's all this wiggle room to just get out of believing and to be non-committal and no, no faith, no confidence, and, and God's not pleased with that. No. Uh, They were astonished. That's a big word, isn't it? They were like, wow and double wow, for his word was with authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice. He said, leave us alone. What have we to do with you, you Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him. And said, Hold your peace, we might say, Shut up. Be quiet. And come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed. And they spoke among themselves and they said, What a word is this. What a what a what? Word, word is this. For he for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits. And they come out, somebody say, with authority authority. and power, power. he commands. commands. Now, do you see why I backed up and read this? Because just a couple of verses later, what did he do with that fever? Same thing. Is that right? With authority and power, he commanded that fever to leave and it left her. Now, what is that supposed to do to us when we read this? Are we only to ooh and ah about Jesus and go, wow, yeah, Jesus, he can do it. <laughs> well, then why record it for us to read? Huh? Why? What's the point in that? And why record 20 of them? <laughs> right? right? And uh, when I say that, uh, let, me, let me go over it again. This is not an isolated instance. This is how he functioned. This is how he operated. In the 20, let me read you some of the phrases. With the nobleman's son, he said, go your way. Your son lives. Is that a prayer? No. No. Is that with authority and power? When the man acted on that, did something happen back at the house? The man at the pool, he looked at him. He said, get up, take your bed and go to your house. Is that a prayer? That's not a prayer. Is he speaking with authority and with power? And when the man did that, he was healed. Uh, Peter's wife's mother, we've already talked about her. He rebuked the fever and it left her. The leper, when he said, Lord, if you could, uh, if you would rather, uh, I know you could make me clean. What did Jesus say? I will be clean. Oh, somebody say be clean. Be clean. clean." That one little word, be clean is a very big word well, why did I say that back in the book of Genesis is that right when God said light be it be is a shortened firm what we might say in English become light be become and next thing you see it says light was well light wasn't <laughs> until he said light become, and now light is. And God calls those things that be not as though they were. And people say, well, okay, yeah, but that's God. That's the Creator. Yes, but you and I are more than we've realized. We are the children of the living God. We are sons, both male and female, sons of God, and we're told To be followers of God as dear children, that word means imitate, imitate, and oh, it chafes the devil when you start acting like Jesus. When you start acting like, oh, you're going to hear people go, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You think you're God? No, I know I'm not God, but I am a child of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you think you're Jesus? No. No. But he is my elder brother. Is that right? And he is my Lord and Savior. And he told me to do the works he did. The way he did them and does them. How did he do them? He spoke with his words, faith-filled words of authority and power. That's how he did all these works. He said to the palsied man, get up, take your couch, go to your house. He told the withered man, stretch forth your hand. He told the centurion's servant, go your way as you believed, so be it done to you. When he acted on that word, it happened. He told Jairus' daughter, she was dead. Damsel, I say to you, arise. Who is he talking to? She's dead. Mm. Right? Right. We, We get back to this speaking to the unseen. Affecting the scene. Words. See, they could have heard his words in the natural. The sound waves bouncing off their ear and understood what he said. But there's something else that went out in the spirit that you couldn't hear with the physical ear. But Jairus' daughter heard it. (laughs) Her spirit heard it. Her spirit heard it and came back into her body and caused her to start breathing again. Is this amazing or is this amazing? Spirit-filled words spoken in authority and faith cause things to change in the unseen realm. That causes things to change in the visible realm. The woman with the issue of blood, go in peace, be whole of your plague. The Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Uh, Be it to you even as you will." The deaf person, uh, he said, be opened. There's that word be again. Be opened. Hallelujah. The woman with the spirit of infirmity. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Blind Bartimaeus, receive your sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How did Jesus do the works he did? With words of authority and power. And faith. How are you and I to respond when situations are not right, when things are in our way, when things are trying to hurt us, or steal, kill, or destroy? We must stop being silent. We must stop just waiting on somebody else to do something for us. We must follow Jesus' example and speak boldly with faith, with authority. And command these things to cease, to stop, to leave, even when it's something good that we need. What did he say? Be opened. Be healed. Be restored. Glory to God. We're tapping into the powers that created the earth and the heavens. We're tapping into the powers. These are the powers of the world to come, too, that the scripture talks about. No, it's not hocus-pocus. It's not fantasy. It's not imagination. It is very real. If you believe the Bible, then you've got to believe this. How many believe Jesus spoke to things and they changed? Amen. So then the question is, yeah, but what about you? Huh? Can you speak to things and they change? We already saw in our last session... In Ephesians 1, I want to read that again. You don't necessarily have to turn there, but I'll, I'll read it to you. Where he said that Jesus has been given a name, which is above every name. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 21. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him That fills all in all. Now, what we're talking about now, when he said, uh, All power in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me, then he said, So you go into all the world and preach the gospel. Didn't he say that? And then in Mark, right after Jesus had been raised from the dead, he said, These signs will follow those that believe in my name. They'll cast out spirits. And among other things, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. That must mean believers have delegated authority. Amen. Right? Yes. So, say, so, well, Jesus got all the authority. He sure did. But He didn't keep it to Himself. Right. He delegated it to His body. Yes. Now He practiced this when He was walking the earth, uh, without going there and looking at it in, in Matthew 9. Well, go there and look at it. Matthew, excuse me, uh, Luke 9 and Luke 10, you're, maybe we're already close there, uh, you see what he did. Luke 9, 1, he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power mm-hmm. and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So they had authority to preach and authority to minister healing and authority over unclean spirits. How how did they get that authority? Jesus gave it to them, right? It's his authority, but he delegated it to them. And people say, well, yeah, you know, that's the 12, the apostles, they could do that, but just to get the church started, you know. And, but when the last <laughs> apostle died, <laughs> why are you laughing? Because you've heard those kind of things. All that ceased. Well, what about the 70? What about the se- 70? 70, yeah. What about the 70? Very next chapter. Chapter 10, after these things, the Lord, appoint- the Lord appointed other 70 also. We mean also, in addition to the 12. So now we're up to what? 82. He appointed another 70 in addition to the 12, and he sent them two and two, just like he did the 12 before his face, and into every city and place where the he himself would come. You might say, yeah, but it didn't say he gave them authority. It certainly did. You Got to keep reading. Uh, skip down to verse 17, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. Oh, come on. Can you hear that? Subject to us through your name. Could that affect us? If there were 12, and then there were another 70, and we see it in the book of Acts with not only apostles, but also prophets and pastors and teachers, and when did it stop? It didn't stop. I said it didn't stop. And when it said, these signs will follow believers, 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 that's not just apostles. That's That's not just prophets. Right? That's not just the 12. Billy, are you a believer? Yes. Well, well, how could it be that they'll cast out spirits if you didn't have authority to cast out spirits? How would it be that they'll be healed if there was no authority and power for healing? Right, no, friend. It's what we read about in John 14. The works he did, you'll do also. Amen. And greater works than these shall you do. And he went on to say, if you'll demand anything in my name, I'll do it. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. just like the head has authority. Well, the body's connected to the head, yes. right? Amen. So if my head's Keith, my hand's Keith too. And I said, boy, my, my head's got a lot of authority, but my hand, poor hand, you got nothing. You are not. No, my hand is part of me. If the head has it, the hand has it too. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the body. My hand is just as much Keith as my head is. And glory to God, you're just as much Christ as the head is, authority wise and privilege wise and blessing wise, because you have been immersed and baptized into the body of Christ Amen. in the new birth. Receiving the full rights and privileges of a son of God, authorized in the name of the head of the church, empowered by the Spirit of God. When you are born again, you got the authority to be a child of God, including the use of the name. When you receive the Spirit, you got the power of God to be a witness, and you can speak in authority and power too. Can you say amen? Amen. (laughs) And our time's up again. But we're not done with this. Come back tomorrow. We're going to learn more about your authority in Christ right here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.